coming up, we'll be talking travel. Sally Lucas joining me, Jane Klein, and we're going to London. See what we can do there. We're also going to look at some national parks in England. Think about food adventure tours. Mm, licking the lips already. And we're going to Germany. Now we're heading off to London for Sally. I thought so, Jane. I think London is a city that's evolved a lot since I first visited in the 60s, and it was quite a drab city in those the days. swinging 60s, though. <laughs> they were with the car, yes, Carnaby Street, etc. But it was, um, I don't think it was. I mean, the architecture was still there, but like the pubs and the food was stodgy. It it didn't have that openness about it that it has now. It's come into the 21st century. You know, it's still got the beautiful old buildings, but they've revamped things. And of course, with the Olympics, that was helped them revamp quite a lot of buildings, clean them up, reline their tube stations. So everything's lovely and clean. And, you know, the pubs have opened up and glassed in and not just made them dark little, you know, so it really has changed and I think it's evolved into a much better, more user-friendly city. So it's um, in fact a very good time to go it is. shortly after they've uh, It they've, is they've and of course the they've cruising. turning the, um, you know, the part of the Olympic into a, a, a park, a sports park, etc. So there'll be events and everything being held there as well. So it was an interesting quote I saw too, Samuel Johnson said, when a man is tired of London, he's tired of life. And I thought that was quite interesting, isn't it? And, of course, you've got lots of annual events in London as well, like the London Marathon, and they have the Trooping of the Colour and the university boat races. and Bearskin hats, not for the university boat races. I no, 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 but you're, you're thinking about, yes, I know, the Trooping. And, of course, there's also the question about that and that whether it's real fur or not, of course, and whether the Queen should be making oh. sure it's artificial fur and not being oh, unkind sure to animals. Oh, I'm sure it is these days. I'm sure it should be, anyway. Notting Hill Carnival, etc. So I've already mentioned... The, you know, the, the food scene, and that has definitely changed. I mean, it's now home to over 60 Michelin-starred restaurants. So, you know, we have some wonderful food uh, popping up everywhere in London now, and not just, you know, up the high end. I mean, you can get around to some lovely little cafes and some of the suburbs in London that maybe you hadn't visited before are worth considering. But, you know, it's, it's a London, the city, is small. It's compact. So it's very easy to get around. Um, you can do your hop-on, hop-off bus, which is a great thing to do just to orientate yourself so you know where the landmark are and you can just go back there and think aha I want to spend more time there or whatever um, and you can't you know not to see obviously the Houses of Parliament St Paul's Cathedral which is wonderful Tower Bridge you've got the London Eye now which I didn't think I would enjoy but I did it last time I was there and it gives you an incredible view of the whole of London right up to Greenwich you can see so far and it revolves at a very slow rate of knots so you really are not moving very fast at all so you just stand there and look and the view yeah. Big glass, yeah, little cages, if you like, hanging within the the big Ferris wheel, if you want to call it that. I guess that's the best way of explaining it. Oh, right. So it's going around. It's going around and you're just, you know, they're quite large, like they probably hold, oh gosh, each little um, glass cage would hold 20 to Mm-hmm. So people, mm-hmm. 30 people, you'll often have a bit of a queue for it, but it was it was definitely worthwhile anyway. And of course, art and culture, you can't go past art and culture in London. And what you've got to remember there, that a lot of their art galleries and museums are free. So it's a good thing, you, you can go onto your Visit Britain website if you want to, you'll find lots of this information on there, and it will let you know all the free things you can do. And there's quite a lot of free things you can do in London. Um, of course, music and nightlife, we know the shows in the West End, there's so many wonderful shows always on 
there. And there's even like museums and things like which are good for kids as well. If you've got kids, the London Zoo, they've got a wetland centre, um, Patterson Park Children's Zoo, the Natural History Museum. Actually, the Transport Museum was very interesting. We took our son there when he was only about 11 and very interesting. Uh, they loved climbing over all the different buses and trains and, you know, that, that was really great as well. And of course, we've got Wimbledon and, and Wembley Stadium for the sports fanatics and shopping is good. And so, yeah, I just thought you just keep London in mind. It is a, a fabulous city. And of course, they speak English. A sort of, and um, anyhow, yes, it's not foreign speaking, put it that way. And of course, we are still winning a little over there with euros and pounds compared to what we were some years ago. Mm, um, yes. And also keep in mind that they've got a lot of national parks in Britain too that you, you forget about as well. Being such a small country, you forget that it still has quite a good range of national parks. One, of course, is the Lake District, which everyone would be, I'm sure, familiar with or has heard about. And that's 885 square miles across the northwest of England. So it's the largest national park in England and of course you've got 16 lakes within it and within it you have the five tallest mountains and six na- national nature reserves over 400 towns and villages so you've and it is a beautiful part and of course you know we know Beatrix Potter was for that area and loved it and William Wordsworth and so on that's just one of the national parks and of course you've got them in Scotland and also in the South Downs as well which is from the city of um, Winchester down to Hampshire Way and the Craig Norms National Park is the UK's largest National Park and that's in the Scottish Highlands so and there's lots of lovely walking you can do through there and of course the mountains and lakes again which is just wonderful so go on to the Visit Britain website you'll be surprised what you might find there and there is a lot to do in London and Britain you could just spend your whole holiday there and you go back again to Europe to do your second holiday. We're talking travel Sally Lucas and I and well, we love a little bit of a festival, don't we? And who does them better than Germany? They do some wonderful festivals, and we've talked about some of the wonderful Christmas ones they do in night markets and so on, which are just brilliant, the way they dress up the trees and the windows and the plazas, etc. But we're talking about other times of the year now. Of course, we've moved on from winter, and it's a little promotion put out by uh, Germany. Um, you can look up a website, www.germany.travel or magic cities.com and they're saying that the, these are the magic cities of Germany that have wonderful festivals throughout the year so we've got Cologne with their carnival um, which is this month now um, so you're too late you've missed it already it started yesterday but then you have the Bruegel Art Exhibition in Munich which is from March through to June the Dresden Music Festival from May through to June the Frankfurt Museum Embankment Festival which is in August um, you have classic open air concerts in Nuremberg in July into August, the Marksman's Fair, which is in Hanover from end of June into uh, the mid of July, the Hamburg Ballet Festival, which is in June. Um, you've got the Berlin Marathon, if you're into watching marathons, which is the 40th, running them. <laughs> yes, the 40th BMW Berlin Marathon coming up on the 29th of September. The Stuttgart Beer Festival, of course, from 27 September through to 30 October. The Bach Festival um, in Leipzig. And, of course, as we've mentioned, Christmas markets, which start up again in November in lots of the cities throughout Germany, but it particularly do some beautiful ones in Dusseldorf. So keep those in mind and those websites I've mentioned, and, you know, you can go on there and just get more information about some of those festivals. So you might be able to incorporate them into your little journey into Germany. 
Um, moving along, Jane, I just thought this is some new uh, tools that have just sort of been announced with Intrepid. Now, Intrepid is a, a company that does adventure-based holidays, okay? For, they're not luxury-based, they're adventure-based, staying in comfortable accommodation. It can be a variance of hotels, homestays, you know, trekking, all sorts of things. But they're doing what they call real food adventures. So you're not just eating, of course, in Michelin restaurants. You, they're taking you to all the wonderful Hawker's street stalls and so on. And you're experiencing, you know, the wonderful food of all these countries really at first hand, which I think is fantastic. They've got a range of them, but just to give you an idea of some of them, we've got China, Mexico, uh, northern Spain, um, and uh, Turkey, and there was some others in there, I think India, um, quite a lot, Mexico. So, yeah, and I just, Vietnam, if I missed that one, but they sort of, you might be going to a beer hall to taste the local beer, or you might be eating, you know, food in the street markets, or learn how to make fur, the famous soup. Um, you do bike rides through herb gardens. Um, you know, you go to um, help to make the crispy pancakes that they make in Hoi An. That's just to give you an idea. And this happens in every one of these countries where they're actually taking you through so that you can actually understand the cuisine that is the norm for those people, not restaurant food, the food of the people. And I think some of those adventures are great. And they're not long, like they're mostly all around the um, eight, between 8 and 14 days, depending on what you want to do. So just keep that in mind, Intrepid. Real Food Adventures, they're called, and there's quite a number of them that are starting up this year, and they just sound absolutely fabulous. The more I read into them, I think you have a look at that. You can look at their website again, intrepidtravel.com, or call into your travel agent, and they'll have brochures and information available for you. So sometimes we lack a bit of courage to try some we of the do. food that's available where we're travelling, so it's quite nice to have somebody to point out the sorts of things that yeah. it's safe to go and it's eat. It's safe and, to go and eat. And that's nice, Because right. you'll have a guide with you and someone you know, advising you. And as they say, like, if you're eating food off the street and you're seeing it prepared, you 99.9%, that's fine. You just don't eat anything that's pre-cooked or you haven't seen cooked. So you know how it's been prepared. And if you do that when you have street food, you're generally pretty safe. And that's travel for today. Thank you, Sally Thanks, Lucas. Thanks, Jane. And we'll talk travel again next Friday after the 1 o'clock news on 2NURFM.